Welcome back to, I guess, what would be episode four of season two. Oh, two four. What's that? Kobe. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Come on, man. You can see. Listen, I wasn't a true blue fan either, Don, but damn. Oh, no. I, when it comes to pop culture, like, no, I'm sorry. But yeah, two four. Cool. Anyways. <laughs> We hope y'all having a good mental health day. If not, that's okay, too. And how are you feeling today, Bart? I'm feeling calm, hopeful, excited, and inspired. And what's your goal for our time together? To re-record. Right. (laughs) Self-sabotage and get it together so we can publish it and get it out there. And who can help you? You. How are you feeling? I am... I'm grateful. What's your goal? I'm grateful. My goal is to make use of our time together. And who can help you? You. So today's episode is about self-sabotage. And what it can look like, what it feels like, and what it is for for each of us in a personal way. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you think about self-sabotage, what do you think about? What is it for you personally? What In what ways do you sabotage yourself? Um, I think the most common way I self-sabotage is in um, relationships. Hmm. How so? Because they don't last. <laughs> so it's like on you? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um... I think of one in particular that I um, sabotage just out of old things that I wasn't over and didn't heal from. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that situation doesn't exist anymore, but um, it put an anchor in my overall healing and growth. And I don't think I would be where I am today if it wasn't for that experience. Gotcha. Um, I guess in like smaller areas. Um, and not smaller areas, but for me, it's just like, I guess my self-talk, like, one of the things that I'm tiptoeing around right now is I want to race. But I'm like, I don't know if I have the balls to say I want to race, but I need a race. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't give me a race. So I feel like um, I can go into this meeting and just like downplay my work, my skill, my education, stuff like that, and sabotage, like, my source of income out of fear. Mm. Um, And I don't think that's a smaller situation than relationships, but I feel like, I guess for me, the way I process relationships, not just intimate, but all types of relationships, um, learn more about that in episode two of season one, where we talk about relationships. But um, I think that just carries the most weight on my heart in areas of sabotage. Okay. I feel you. What about you? How would you define self-sabotage? Well, referring to our literature that we posted on our page. No, that doesn't count. It does because everything on here I do. Um, Procrastinating, getting too close to a goal and quitting. Mm -hmm. I wrote like three quarters of a book and start writing. I'm an avid procrastinator. Identifying with self-talk. 
being in a healthy relationship, suppressing emotions, not keeping your word to yourself, shying away from this from the discomfort or the unknown, having that you know, that real sense of fear and letting it stop you from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um most of those things I've dabbled and dabbled in, in my life. But I think one of the biggest ways I probably self sabotage is people pleasing. Mm. Talk more about people pleasing. People pleasing when it's like, oh, I'm going to make you happy or try to make you happy, which is number one impossible. You can never make another human being happy. I don't believe that that's true. I mean, maybe a child because they don't really have a true sense of self yet. But another adult, I don't believe you can make adults happy overall, inside and out. Um, But some of us struggle with people pleasing. And that in itself is like the opposite of self-care. It's never even thinking about yourself in a scenario. It's mainly dissecting a person to the point where you already can predict what it is they want or need and supplying that. Or Mm -hmm. if it's not that... If if you're not dissecting someone, then whomever comes to you with a problem or an issue or a need or a want, you're automatically supplying it without a second thought of, hey, does this inconvenience me? Will I feel mm-hmm. good doing this? Is this going to better me? Do I have the time? Do I have the energy? Is my cup full? Do I have something to pour out? People that are avid people pleasers don't even think about themselves in the moment and then usually they start turning into like these negative bitter angry people because over their lifespan they've poured out so much Mm -hmm. not realizing it but you do it and then you look up and you're depleted and you're empty and the people around you have been so used to this they don't know they're depleting you they just think you're a nice person Mm -hmm. and you look up you have nobody because you're, you you stop wanting to please them, you become bitter, angry, nasty, and all that. So no, nobody's around you because you're bitter, you're bitter, and you're angry, and they forget. The users forget what you've done for them. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think people pleasing is literally the opposite of self care, and it's something that I used to do a whole whole lot, but now I'm being a little bit more cognizant of. When I'm doing it, I choose to do it or I I choose not to. Um, but if I do slip back into that old pattern, I'm trying to be gentle with myself and bring myself back to the course where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where this negative self-talk comes in, where it's like, don't beat yourself up for making a decision or making a mistake. Learn from it, get back on track. Even Even if you keep falling off, you just have to keep getting back on track. What? What was like your breaking point or eye opener you're trying to get personal sometimes (laughs) Uh, I mean it's been a lot of them I think I started to learn I was a people pleaser when I started to become bitter and angry and Mm -hmm. tired and just snappy on everybody because I was just tired I'm I'm tired of giving y'all everything especially people that was like older than me that was supposed to be helping me out right um, it takes guts for you to be like vulnerable yeah. and share with all these people that we don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's real if it helps somebody else then I'm definitely willing to tell my story I'm not going to drop like names and dates but 
Y'all know because y'all listening. <laughs> but I think a lot of times it's it is your true support system that will point it out to you sometimes. Yeah. And you've done that a lot. Like, oh, Barb, you're over-functioning for this person. You need to make them work. Duh, 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 duh. I'm just like, no, I got to do My voice don't everything. be like that, though. It do, it do. <laughs> I'm like, no, I got to do everything. Oh, that's another thing. People pleasing goes hand-in-hand with over-functioning. Sometimes you really have to take a seat and look at the situation. Am I doing the most for this person and for me, too? I'm doing my job, and I'm doing half your job, too. So you don't really got nothing to do. And in the end, I'm going to be mad as hell at you because you never stepped up to the plate. Whether I've afforded you the opportunity or not. I think self-reflection is so hard, though. It is. Who wants to look in the mirror and say, yo, I'm a nut? <laughs> I was on some nut. <laughs> I'm a nut. Oh, man. My bad, though. But, I, like, I'm a nut. Um, No, but seriously, like, it takes... You know, you can post all the quotes in the world. You can go to the gym all day. You can change your eating habits and stuff like that. But it really starts, like, on the inside. Mm-hmm. And you really got to sit down and do real inventory with yourself. And really realize, like, this ain't it. Yeah. And look at where all your energy is going to. Like, you doing this for this person. You doing this for that person. And you ripping and running. You then send this person money. You need, like, everybody needs something from you. Mm-hmm. But in return, like, what are you getting for yourself? And is what you're getting good? And it's not even the idea like, oh, I'm a people pleaser, so I want everybody to be happy. For me, and and I've had my share of like, I want everybody to be happy, let me people please, whatever. But I feel like now that I think about it and I look back at it, it's like, I don't want to be alone. So, you talking. You are talking. Because I did the work, yo. Yes. <laughs> that fear of people leaving because you didn't cash up you $30. Get out my face. <laughs> or just be their doormat. Or not be available when you needed them to be. Or when they needed you to be. Like, dang. I don't really have the energy tonight, but I'm fearful that if I say no, this person may up. That's that. Those are abandonment issues. Episode two, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything goes hand in hand. I yeah I I think the just the idea of putting yourself last mm-hmm. to satisfy another person's need to fill a void. Oh mm-mm. and and a void's never filled because we only surface. Mm-hmm. And you like you really got to get down and dig deeper into what void you're trying to fill. So we always go relationships. I guess it's just easy. Yeah. Like, so as a female, whatever your preference is, like, you might be using this particular someone to fill that void of somebody else. That mom or dad who wasn't around or... Mm-hmm. Um, or that breakup you're not over. That yeah. person you're not over. Absolutely. Fear of being alone is, like, real. How does fear play into self-sabotage? Um, it plays into it because it's like, it's the unknown and it's you making the unknown negative. I think that's fear. Mm-hmm. They say that yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is unknown. All you have is the present. Tomorrow is your imagination. 
The next step is your imagination. So what is your imagination telling you about tomorrow? What is your imagination telling you about telling this person no? Mm-hmm. You're, you're making it up. You won't know till you try. And if you're telling somebody no to take care of yourself and they end up leaving, what does that tell you? They, were, they weren't supposed to be there to begin with. Mm-hmm. I also, when you said imagination, I think about how I know I do it, and I know a lot of my friends do it. We plan. Um, mm, that's self sabotage. <laughs> so we live in these fantasy lands. Like, women will make up everything. I swear we will. Everything. Fantasize about everything. And it's like, damn. I don't even know your middle name yet. <laughs> uh, but. But you gotta, we have to stop though. But not even that. Like, don't sit here and think like, yo, they crazy. Because that's not the case. Listen, but we women. I don't care. I ain't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but even with like, it be like little stuff like, oh, I filled out this application. Oh. I didn't spend my whole check. And I didn't even get the offer yet. Listen, like, you decorating your office in your head? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm going to get this oil diffuser, <laughs> these oils, these yeah. quotes. Like, it just, it's, it's everything. So, fear isn't always negative either. I mean, your imagination isn't always negative is what I'm trying to say. It's hopeful, but at the same time, it's not real. It's not real. And you kind of set yourself up because we tend to create these unrealistic expectations without having conversations. Um... So in your mind, you didn't plan all of these big, big things, whether it's with your career, with your special someone, family, friends, whatever it may be. But you haven't had a conversation with those people to include them in on it. So, yeah, I think one of the things, one of the things that I'm, I do now is when I do imagine, I kind of like pull myself back, like yo, chill. Mm-hmm. Had that conversation. Had those really hard conversations. That we don't have. Yeah. Um, I feel that. And just sit in that discomfort. Because I would rather be uncomfortable now and know way ahead of time before I just sit in this fantasy land and and be let down. Or assume the worst and assume or and assume the best. And neither one of those things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my big things that I'm learning is self sabotage is control. Control. I would try to control a situation from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Like with all seriousness, every scenario, every encounter, every happenstance, everything, I'll try to control. And sometimes control comes in just your thought process, that planning, that extra planning that nobody in the world else would think about but you. So it's that when you try to control everything around you, even though it's impossible to, when any little thing changes, you spiral out of control. And I'm speaking from experience. So that's spiraling out of control when you should just be in the moment and be present and be grateful for the present, hopeful for the future, leaving the past in the past. It robs us of all of it. And it robbed me of a lot of it too. So I say all that to say a huge part of self-sabotage is trying to control everything but being so out of control of you. You're reacting rather than responding. You're going off rather than rather than being calm and logical and calculating. Listening to respond. Yeah, like it's it's just a bunch of craziness that we create 
trying to control everything when in all reality the only thing on this earth you control and sometimes you can't do that is yourself i'm thinking about being a person that wants to be in control of everything Mm -hmm. and the idea of being a perfectionist Mm. and we see a lot like they're related to trauma and different um other mental health uh topics but when i think of being a perfectionist i always related to to something positive and so like learning more about the field and different experiences and stuff like that and how it can be related to something negative Uh so um i'm just curious as to what's your thoughts on it positive negative do you feel like it relates to um self-sabotaging being in control what do you think yeah um okay so everything doesn't go back to trauma everything doesn't but nine times out of ten mm-hmm. it's either learned behavior or trauma right um but self-sabotage and uh procrastination not progress i'm sorry perfectionism Mm -hmm. go back to that trauma response because perfectionism is a form of control Mm -hmm. and we know that trauma often happens when an uncontrollable event happens and people's reaction is to then some people's reaction is the is then to try to control everything around them Mm -hmm. although impossible it's a trauma response and it can be very lifelong lasting. So I say all that to say sometimes you have to do that self inventory mm-hmm. and do it for other people too because you never know what somebody's been through in their lifetime as to why they're acting the way they're acting or doing the things that they're doing. So if you have this sense of perfectionism or someone else has this sense of perfectionism is like draining you and draining that person, take a second to do some inventory and think to yourself hey, am I really trying to be this perfectionist out of, you know, fear of the unknown? Am I trying to portray somebody I'm really not? Do I just not want any eyes on me because I can't take it? Am I trying to control my environment because the only thing I can control is this and I got to make it the best, the best, the best? If you're a perfectionist because that's just simply your personality, great. But if your perfectionism is draining the life out of you Mm -hmm. and is hiding the real you, Take a second. Right. Think about it. And if somebody else's perfectionism is draining the hell out of you, take a second and think about it. Not saying that you shouldn't speak up, but sometimes we have to, you know, give humans the benefit of the doubt. Because a lot of times our behaviors, and especially our negative ones, are just symptoms of our traumas. I think I agree with everything you said except for taking inventory of the other person. Mm. Because in my mind... I'm pouring out my cup to do your inventory. When mm. I think for me, I'm I'm naturally a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want everything to be perfect, but it's not, that's just my personality. Right. It doesn't drain me. It doesn't exhaust me. Like, and it's, it's areas like party planning, making, you know, decorations for my sons, like play dates, things like that. Like little things like that. I want to be perfect. So I'm getting new scissors and the most expensive little, like things like that to be put together and perfect for my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm over-functioning 
in that area because it's bringing me joy. Okay. Um, I feel that. I think if I have a friend that's over-functioning and I know that's typically not them, um, and it's like, this needs to be perfect, that needs to be perfect, I'm going to wipe the walls down with bleach and do all of this, I'm not doing your inventory because Mm. maybe I'm just being selfish with my energy and I need to protect my peace. But I'm going to have a conversation with you. Okay. So like you're I, not going to sit there and think like, hmm, maybe the, this person. Okay. Nope, so you're not going to nope. wreck your brain on it. See? No. That's what I, I'll do. I'll sit there like, wait, what kind of day are they having? Do they have any traumas I need to be aware of? And you like, can be curious. <laughs> like, you can check in and say, yo, like, hey, what's up? How was your day? Like, some of my friends, like, I really just, how you feeling today? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, instead of saying good morning, how you feeling today? Mm-hmm. What was your spirit like? How was you vibing? Like, things like that. Those are ways to check in with people, but I'm not about to <laughs> do nobody's freaking intake package. <laughs> oh, well, this grandma is a third generation. Like, I'm not doing all that gotcha. because that's draining. That's work for me. Mm. And I love my friends to death, but y'all not paying me to do that kind of work. So I can be curious about what's happening for you without exhausting myself. Mm. Um, so I think I would, when I notice those things with my friends, I would just have a conversation like, Hey, what's up? Like, what's going on? You know, you're a little different. Some friends always aren't receiving mm-hmm. and they will shoot you down with negativity. Mm-hmm. And that lets me know, Oh, your mind ain't right. I'm gonna okay. pray for you. Okay. Like I'm gonna pray for you, but I can't, I, I can't over function for you. I can't, you know, try to get you to where you used to be. Mm-hmm. I can speak my piece and say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm noticing. Mm. And and be there in a ways that still protect myself. Because it does no friendship justice if we both whacked out of our mind. <laughs> whacked out of our mind. How do you, do you think social media is self-sabotaging? Oh, social media, social media. It was just so nice when we just had like MySpace. Legit. Even that was like but it terrible. was. Oh, you took me out of your top five. How dare you? Oh my god. Um, it can be. It depends on. It depends on the person. Like, you'd be surprised how many people that I love dearly are put on mute because <laughs> people feel as be hurt. You want to follow me? I did. I'm sorry. So, um, I've learned to put people on mute as they update these platforms that we use and stuff like that they add new features and one of the new features is mute um so again to just protect myself and my energy some people have to be put on mute some accounts have to be put on mute and for me it's not even like i know at one point in my life i did a lot of comparing like mm. this person graduated with me with me this person used to cheat off of my test <laughs> like how do you have this and i don't like i wrote a paper for you how the hell right like I took a whole class for you. The same class as I was in, I was writing double the papers. That's that's personal. I'm uh, I'm gonna back up. <laughs> I'm gonna back up. <laughs> um, girl. Mm. But yeah, no, like, so I feel like I I went through that phase Ooh. where I was comparing myself to my peers mm-hmm. and low key just envy, like, like envious of their success and I'm this is this is not good so now I feel like the the self-sabotage well not the self-sabotage but just sabotage in in relation to social social media um it's just energy so 
accounts for me and this is just my take on it the shade room oh yeah uh all those other pop culture mixy messy i couldn't throw drinks in the face the latest no. gossip web pages Mm-mm. it's draining i can't do it for me and if i sit and i scroll and this is all that i see it affects my mood my energy how i'm feeling and when i go into work or when i go home or um interacting with my kid like he has to receive this so Mm -hmm. i'm taking away from him or i'm taking away from my clients like yeah because of some small little device that i'm just so attached to so i i control what's on there yeah i feel that i couldn't i can't do this the shade room and baller alert and all of them no more that was the one i was thinking of i couldn't think of the name yo what are y'all talking about but literally like and it goes back to these everyday events and people be like you heard about this no I think I'm gonna be honest. I get wrapped up in, I get I get wrapped up in death. Yeah. Like whatever. Like I've been wrapped up in Kobe. I'm still wrapped up in Nipsey. I'm starting to get wrapped up in Pop Smoke. And it's just like Barbara. Not that I I have to be unaffected. That's not true. Like certain things will affect me, but diving way too deep that I'm not even engrossed in my own life. That's self sabotage. That's not good. That's not healthy. I think for you, like with the grief, you're experiencing intimate grief in your personal life. And it's probably easier to grieve these celebrities than to deal with your reality of that close person who you lost. Just just read me on our podcast, why don't you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, damn. Sorry. See, this is what I get for having a friend as a therapist. Thanks, Dom. No. I'll I'll try to think on that later. If it makes you feel better, like my friend's a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean possibly. I mean I'm not against it. I'll probably have to think more, you know, deeply into it. Mm-hmm. But maybe it 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 provides me an escape. Like I don't want to grieve this that's so so close, but this person that's farther away and it's such like the world is grieving or whatever. I'll just dive into that because that's not something I really have to deal with. It's just kind of like when I log off, I'm not there saying no more. But it's it goes back to that surface healing. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm going to heal with everybody mm. via social media because that's where we're grieving at right now. Mm-hmm. Instead of digging deep and doing the work and grieving with my family. Or myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I like where we went today with all of this because... The highlight of this for me mm-hmm. is that everything we talk about on our podcast when it comes to mental health goes hand in hand with each other. From self-sabotage to trauma to, give me some more titles that we've done, grief and loss. Relationships. Relationships. Everything. Acceptance. Yes. Awareness. Yes. There's another one. I'm sure there's a few more. Um, but all of it goes hand in hand. Like I'm excited life, to, personal life. Yeah. I'm excited to get to the episode where we, you know, talk like Ayanla and we say do the work and we can explain to y'all what doing the work looks like. She crazy. I'm excited. I love Ayanla. Um I buy her books. I'm about to apply to be on the show. Did you see they casting for it? Anyway. You get paid. They would have to blur my face out and change my name. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. No, please. No, because I feel like she would get smart with me and I would just be like, first of all, 
We got the same credentials. Get out my face. We 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 really do. Mm-mm. I think I would just cry. Like you so right. Oh my god. Nope. I'm gonna get smart before I See? cry. See, self sabotage, y'all. See that? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do we have? We have trauma coming up. We're doing a whole series on trauma. Reframes, negative self talk. Yes. Um, the ACE scores. Yeah. Adverse childhood experiences. Like Barb's baby. Like, she's been wanting to do this for years. And well, another, you have a lot of A scores you want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> another thing that kind of just recently fell into our lap was the idea to talk about parenting, co parenting, and postpartum, which I think will be really interesting. We're going to talk about postpartum and just how much of a group project co parenting is. Raise your hand if you hate group projects. Raise your hand if you did all the work in a group project. <laughs> Yo! Listen! But raise your hand if you got to the front of the classroom to present and say, well, they ain't do nothing, so they shouldn't get credit. See, in school, I didn't do that. But I in did. in real life, no, I did. I'm I probably was doing that. I'm probably like, I did all the work. Hmm. Another episode. But yeah, we're going to do a, um, a podcast on co-parenting. Also, just being a parent and how it affects your mental health, whether you're single or in a relationship. Um, but we're also going to do a whole cafe around co-parenting, which means we're going to do workshops where everybody gets together in person and talks about co-parenting. We want to hear from the males. We want them to hear from us so we can start to get on the same page so that we're not creating more intergenerational trauma because... Co-parenting can have a negative effect on your kids, just in case y'all didn't know. We know. (laughs) (laughs) A a, a lot of people, people know. I mean, people work off of bitterness. Bitterness, ego, pride, envy. But I guess y'all gotta listen later, because we not, that's, we gonna be talking for a real long time if we go into co-parenting. And... We don't want to do that in this episode because it was freaking 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. We... Um, Dom got anxious and turned the thing off, y'all. But it, um, it was a lot. We typically <laughs> don't go over 20 minutes. She was triggered. So it was long, yes, but we hope, you know, it was informative for you guys. So have a good rest of your day, a good rest of your mental health day. Take care of yourself before you take care of others. And our song of the day is for Pop Smoke, our latest tragic death um, in the quote-unquote pop culture world, as Dominique calls it. I mean, because people was like, how do you feel about Pop Smoke, right? Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I don't know him, y'all. Like, I mean, I didn't either at I, first, I, but... I didn't, like... I didn't know his name. It's not that I didn't know him. I didn't know his name because I don't really... When I hear people on the radio, I don't tune in and be like, oh, who's this? Let me go see. I just really don't care that much. I'm focused on my destination. But I really did enjoy his music when I did hear it on the radio. Um, So, yeah, our song of the moment is Dior by Pop Smoke. Sit up, never like you know it's put you back in with the automatics. We gon' set them to have it. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey, woo! Oh, you feel the snow, yo.